What's up, headbangers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at TalkLouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, TalkLouderPodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host Jason McMaster, and today we are joined by bassist Jack Gibson of Exodus, the great thrash metal titans, Exodus Bay Area metal masters, legendary band. Uh, Jack has been in the band since 96. I guess I didn't realize he's been in the band that long. One of the big six, you know, if you throw Exodus and Testament in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. One of the big seven, you throw overkill in there. One, yeah, yeah. We're one of the big eight, you throw dark angel in there. You know, we're going to expand it to the big yeah. ten. But um, we crossed paths with Jack uh, recently when we were out in Nashville for the Rock and Pod Expo. Jason performed uh, a pre-party, uh, an event called Rare Hair, that was sort of a big jam session with various musicians coming together and doing cover tunes. And Jack was your bass player for a couple songs. And yeah, I wouldn't say he was my bass player, but that's that's a funny way to to to. Well, look you were at his it. singer. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was. <laughs> uh, and you did "Back in Black," and you did another thing coming. So ACDC right. and Judas Priest with uh, with Jack on bass, and I think that's correct me if I'm wrong. That was sort of the catalyst for getting him on the show today. Um, well, I um I I uh, we we talked about this in today's episode as well. But we you and I were both at the uh, Anthrax Black Label Society Exodus show down at San Antonio, and right. um, I had gone down at like 11 a.m. with <laughs> Bobby Landgraf, who that's what you have worked, to do to beat traffic. Worked to work. Well, of course, works for Rex Brown, um, and uh, you know him from Honky and Godzilla Motor Company, and and he was in Down and our great friend Bobby. Yes, and so Bobby, you know, he's he he knows all those cats, and you know, and and I bumped into people all day that I knew on that on that tour. So we're down there lunchtime. So I find myself standing on the stage and ex- during Exodus's sound check, and I'm literally shoulder to shoulder with Jack Gibson. Never met the man before in my life, and I'm hanging with Bobby and Black Label crew and blah 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 blah. And Jack's right there, and no big deal. And I start to think, wait, is that the same guy that I'm going to be in Nashville with in a week, mm-hmm. doing that? rare hair jam thing at the pre-party rock and pod thing. And uh, <clears throat> after their show, I had a chance to, you know, say, Hey, great set. And, da, 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 da. and I, was, I started, you know, talking about the podcast and rock and pod. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the, the original seed, I guess. Right. Right. But yeah, sealed the deal in Nashville and uh, he was gracious. And obviously everyone will find out today. The guy is just, He's real as wood on a tree. So yeah, yeah, and and yet another guy who lives in Nashville uh, has made Nashville his home. He says he's been there six or seven years. And uh, one of the things we learned about him today is he's got a deep love and knowledge of country music, which kind of makes sense that he landed in Nashville. Um, well, he's a musician. He's obviously yeah. a multi instrumentalist and has a, a footprint, and uh, you know went to school for it and 
he probably gives lessons and shit too. We didn't get into that, but I would imagine that if he does any good or work for a school or whatever, uh, yeah. private lessons are probably the way to go. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's an onion, tons of layers, and plays bass in Exodus. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> godly. Uh, and um, yeah, super super fun cat. Um, we we learn his love uh, for good songwriting via his fandom for Glenn Campbell. Mm-hmm. Tells a story about uh, how he saw a couple of Glenn Campbell's very last shows on his very last tour and uh, the story about how he thought he had tickets, but he didn't. And he, he had a friend <laughs> who got one of those, one of those, uh, we, we know about that, you know, he, even when you oh, go yeah. to will call or you check your wallet or your cachet and you're like, wait, a, what? I'm standing in line at a concert I don't have tickets for. <laughs> yeah, that shit's real, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, I've, I've, it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Happened. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he was you know, great. You know, what's interesting is uh, I believe Rob Dukes, who once sang for Exodus, worked with the 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 men on your T-shirt. Uh, Cassius King. There's a connection. There's a connection with uh, Dan Lorenzo uh, uh, and Rob Dukes uh, as know. well. I think he did some songs with Patriarchs and Black. I I don't. Which is the, basically a, an incestuous thing with uh, Cassius King on your shirt there today. So yeah. all related. You didn't even realize that the, the six no. degrees of separation is thick today here on the Talk Louder podcast via your T-shirt and our guest. <laughs> Which, uh, who's our guest today, Dave? Jack Gibson, bass player for Exodus on the Talk Louder podcast. I saw you uh, at uh, the Rare Hair performance at the Rock and Pop thing. I, I don't know if that's what you and Jason were just talking about, but um, yeah, that, that was a good time. Uh, you and Jason were yeah. bandmates there for a couple songs. Yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah. I saw something on the internet following that event. I don't know if Stevie Rochelle posted it or what, but it said your status in Exodus was in question after being <laughs> on stage playing Poison songs. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie is a funny motherfucker, man. You wind that guy up. Well, you know, I, I really wasn't worried about it because um, a couple of years ago at the Rock and Pod, I did Soldiers Under Command with the singer for Striper. Uh. So, I mean, you know, like I think I think that probably goes even further against the grain of of Exodus, maybe. So, <laughs> you might but, be uh, right. But it was killer. It was it was a great song. I mean, it sounded killer. He sang. He sings. Oh, great! Still, yeah, man. Yeah, don't get me started on Michael Sweet. He's the shit. Yeah, he that sang, guy. He sang like a bird, he, man. It was yeah. awesome. He he. Yeah. Did you know that dude was in Boston for a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. I actually did know that. Yeah. So if you yeah, can sing, awesome. if you can sing Boston, yeah, right. you're a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. If yeah, you can sing, and, uh, you know, Steve Perry. Uh, yeah. Brad Delp, you're, you're badass. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. So are you, uh, I take it you're located in Nashville. I am. Yeah. I moved here about, uh, six or seven years ago, I guess. What, okay. uh, what, what inspired you to kind of uproot? Because just to go, I mean, we're all over the place here, but that's okay. You, you're from the Bay area or no? Yeah, I'm from Sacramento, and then okay. I moved to the Bay, you know, as soon as I was old enough to, to move. 
Um, I actually, I, I came out here to, uh, take some pedal steel lessons. I, I had recorded a band out in the Bay that had come from Nashville. And then they were kind of this, uh, a real trippy blend of like hillbilly music and black metal. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it was, I love that. Was, I want to hear that. Yeah. That yeah. It was pretty, pretty, cool. pretty well put together. Um, actually I'm doing a, a project, kind of a black metal project with the guy now. And it's going to be that it kind of goes in between black metal and like dark Bayou, uh, oh, vibes shit, yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's spooky wow. as shit, you know? Have you ever heard and, that uh, band? Have you ever heard that band 16 volt? No. Uh, I think I'm think I'm saying that right. It's this like Pentecostal preacher's son who wrote all this oh, super yeah. swampy, dark as fuck. You know, have rituals oh, in yeah. the swamp. You know, kind of voodoo yeah, rock. Right. But it was <laughs> right. sort of singer songwriter, and it had banjos and fiddles and harp oh, and, and but it was and it wasn't metal, but it was fucking right. so dark. I kept thinking, oh right. my god, my yeah, dark right. heart loves this shit. Right. There's a band right. uh, from here in Austin, Texas, uh, that only plays periodically to hardcore fans. It's like a reunion every time. And I'm in a band with a couple of guys, but they're called uh, Agony Column. Do you remember Agony mm -hmm. Column? No? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're sorry, you just opened up a whole spore of uh, <laughs> by, by putting black metal and, you know, right. you know. Uh, the agony column was like they called it hell billy death metal okay but yeah. it wasn't really death metal it was more like imagine if you took the kentucky headhunters and mm -hmm. and like forced them to play with even more you know more gain and you know yeah, right, kind right. of shit yeah. but uh chicken a little chicken picking on the solos and king yeah. diamond yeah. on vocals and all the lyrics okay. were uh yeah. about four by fours and <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's close to that that's, right. that's close to us yeah wow that's cool yeah agony uh, column so yeah. you you started yeah. in the bay area you started recording this band from nashville yeah and then how did yeah. that transition so, into you getting to nashville i i we just I've always had a, you know, I've ha I have had a country band forever. I, I pick banjo and do upright and mandolin and all that stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so we were talking and one of the guys in the band played pedal steel and took lessons from one of the greatest pedal steels guys of all time, uh, Doug Jernigan out here. And then, so we recorded and they went home and maybe six or seven months later, I just, I had the itch to, you know, take, some lessons from that guy so i moved out here for like six months just to take some pedal steel lessons and uh i never took the pedal steel lessons and i bought a house and stayed here instead so wow. uh, you, i just like I, I got out here and i just i loved the i loved the city and all the musicians in it and uh just the the like the work ethic of the the you know music people here and stuff it was just uh it kind of gave me a shot in the arm and, uh, and I just didn't, I didn't want to leave. Is, is that yeah. like a big selling point? Cause it sounds like you're comparing it to what you know in the Bay area and like, mm -hmm. it, it, is it, is it that, is it not any of that in the Bay area? Is it, you know, is it not anymore? Be desired uh, or it's not happening. Well, I mean, for there? one thing, 
for one thing, there's there's no city like Nashville for for musicians. Yeah. It's there are thousands of guys that just kick my ass, and every night I go out, some kid is playing and he's awesome and it's like it's like going to school every night you know i mean they can't they can't necessarily do what i do but i cannot do what they do and it's just inspiring every night you know and uh so i just i just had to stay you know i had to stay and and live in this environment to hear you say that you get well you didn't say you get your ass handed to you every night you go out but to say that you get schooled a bit every time you leave the yeah. house. Yeah. And, but, but they're not, can't, won't do, they're not doing what you're doing. And, you know, the, no, you're I'm a inspired. little bit different. You're, you're obviously you know, in, inspired, seriously inspired. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I love it. I love it here. I mean, just, you wow. know, I even like going down to Broadway. A lot of the, the people that live here won't, you know, won't go near Broadway because it's it's kind of a mess. I mean, it's kind of you know Vegas ish. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there's 200 bands playing at you know any minute, literally. You know, there's just bars and bars and bars with five floors and a band on each floor and the roof and you know people partying and stuff. And yeah, um, that's insane. That's kind of like we we don't we have our little version of that in Austin is Sixth Street. Right. Downtown right. area, you know, and the right. mugging. And Nashville just blew up. It just blew up and it's it's just million dollar, you know, places. I mean, Dirk Bentley's got a place and Alan Jackson's got a place and like every country star, Kid Rock's got a place, and they're all these high rise, you know, it's just a I mean, it, it's a mess down there, but at the same time, it's you know, it's kind of what brings money to this city and makes it yeah cool. Did you, when you were talking a minute ago about your background in, uh, do you still have, first of all, do you still have the band Coffin Hunter? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I haven't really done much because uh, just for one thing, the the whole COVID lockdown, like, you know, put everything in the, in the locker. And since it's been open, I've only been doing Exodus because we've really been working right. hard and a lot. So I just, I just haven't had time, you know, for it. Yeah. And uh, like, to be honest, when we got back to playing after the the two years off, I was having trouble playing bass. Yeah. So wow. I was like, for sure, I'm not playing the banjo when I can't do my job. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I had to kind of get myself back into the, you know, the rhythm of actually playing, you know, this stuff. And uh, so I've been I've been playing banjo a little bit more lately, though. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more stuff. How, so how I just I, I haven't I just haven't had time. How how difficult is it to learn banjo? Because I've heard it can be, you know, especially if you're going to be good at it. Uh, is it well, first, was more first challenging? Off, Dave, remember that it's a drum on a stick. Right. Yeah, so once, <laughs> once you get past it, you got a drum, and then there's a stick on it. Oh, shit, yeah. someone put some strings on this thing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest thing. Um, is, it, is it more challenging? Was it more challenging for you to learn, uh, say, than bass or guitar or other instruments? I don't play? I don't think so because I had such a love for the, for it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I had such a love as soon as I, as soon as I got it and I started listening to bluegrass music and go, wow, like these guys are really like really, really good. And, you know, then that kind of fed, I mean, it was just like, 
me sitting in my room listening to Slayer and Metallica going, oh, that's cool and and learning it. Like it doesn't, your time goes by like that, you know, when you're, when you really want to do it. So yeah. um, I ended up, and plus I finger, you know, I play fast stuff with my fingers anyway. So it kind of translated over pretty fast. Wow. Right. Uh, and I was, I was kind of off to the races pretty soon. It almost sounds like you could have a, a second career at some point when maybe Exodus slows down and you're not doing the headbanging <laughs> thrash kind of stuff anymore. You could yeah, possibly be, go do this bluegrass thing. Yeah, that'd be fun. But, you know, to be to be honest, like I can pick that thing up and I can shred on it. But the guys who are really good, they're like another it's like they're like another world. Yeah. Good. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I really I really couldn't go just play in a bluegrass band because I'm not, I'm not that good. Like I, I don't do all the scrub licks perfectly right. And, you know, and all that. And those guys, they're like, like the, the bluegrass people, they're worse than metal elitists or jazz, you know, jazz assholes. They're like, they're like, they'll literally get up. That's not bluegrass. And they'll just get up and walk away as you're playing. Wow. They're, they're mean. Wow. So, you know, you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta kind of watch yourself. Yeah. Does your, uh, did your, how did your approach to bluegrass, given your, your metal background, your thrash metal background, did, how did that impact your approach to bluegrass? Is, was there any, you know, translation or were there things lost in translation because the two styles the, are different or similar? Or? I mean, I think, well, I mean, for one thing, I just went straight to playing fast shit. Mm -hmm. I think probably most people pick up and they start doing the slow stuff to get familiar with the instrument and once i once i got the feel of the strings i was just you know right away and so i actually have trouble playing the slow stuff which is the that's that's true with the bass too like yeah. i spent so much time playing you know at race car speeds that when i have to really just slow down and like get into the pocket sometimes i have i have trouble you know oh, yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's too much, too much room in between these notes. And I'm like telling myself, you know, whole stories in between notes. And, you know, it's, it's, I, sometimes it's hard. Right. You, you, you kind of feel the need to fill the dead space and, and, and it doesn't yeah, necessarily need to be filled. <laughs> no, like we did, I did a COVID jam of, uh, ride on by ACDC. Oh, and I mean, it's nothing. It's don't, 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 don't. Don't, don't. It took me like two days to to yeah. play it where I was like, okay, that's that's how it that's it. Right. That, you know, uh, it, people... isn't, it isn't just don't 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 don't. It's there's you know, there's this groove in there. And if you're not I, I had to stand up and I had to like do this to to you know, to like find that real slow beat. I, I couldn't do it for a while. It's really great. I'm gonna pause us for a minute. It's really great to hear someone who plays in a legendary thrash band and and gets it and has that you know wears that hat all the time turn around and be able to admit that you took it took you two days to find that pocket and to realize yeah. the impact and how monolithic negative space in music is yeah. um yeah, absolutely it, it, and when when i got up at the rare hair to do back in black. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know if you heard me, but I looked at Jack, the drummer mm -hmm. and I got, I, I think I said it in the fucking microphone. I go, not too fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Make sure you're not, you're not too yeah. fast. Yeah. 
because I've gotten up with plenty of, you know, silly concoctions of bands and invitations to do whatever, any, any song and, and, and they'll play it too fast. Yeah. And if you play back in black too fast, it's a different song. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of uh yeah. So to that's, it's, it's amazing. Now, now I feel like in, in thrash, uh, when, you know, you got the peak, it's like thrash, you're on the ceiling, like the whole fucking song, you know, you know, and then when those valleys come, that would be, you know, that version of negative space. Right. Slayer does really good Valley. Exodus does really good Valley. And then later on Metallica was, they would start in the Valley and finish, just play whole all Valley. Right. Right. Like sad, right. but true is all Valley. The whole size, you're just oh. down in the dirt the whole time, which right. is Sabbath right. or what you could say ACDC right. Sabbath, uh, mm-hmm. classic rock, uh, you know, and to be able to be innovative yet still, but stay in that one place is to be mm-hmm. friendly with the negative space. Yeah. Yeah. And so sure. it's awesome to hear someone who is just like, you know, I liked how you said race car speeds, uh, yeah. to, un- to understand the whole, whole other side of it and how, uh, it's a constant struggle for just a musician. Cause you're just, you're not, obviously you're not just this like, you know, I'm going to, quote a very exodus thing kill all posers you're very uh you're open-minded to you're a musician yeah yeah you're a musician who plays in a thrash band killing all posers yeah i mean that's that's what i really like about like real country music yes you know like there's a band i go see here they're called the music city playboys and it's all like old backup like real backup guys from like Alan Ooh. Jackson and you know, like that era of dudes. Yeah. And like, like these guys got it down and that, like that pocket, like they're not doing much, but they are like, you know, I, wow. I sit there, I'm amazed by it, you know? And, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's the different sciences of different musics, you know? The, yeah. It's creating an emotional value with the song, with that yeah. valley or that pocket. It's totally. you're, 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 you start totally. to become the song yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. And if you're not, yeah. you're fucking dead inside and you have no soul. Yeah. Uh, I've been accused of that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack, you've been with Exodus since 96. Um, what were what was your story before joining Exodus? Were you in any bands that we would have heard of? Uh, what was your trajectory before Exodus called? Yeah, I, I actually was just kind of a guy bumping around the Bay Area. Um, you know, I, I'd had a couple bands <clears throat> and never went anywhere. And uh, in fact, I never even like got to the point where we had like a singer and we were a band. You know what I mean? And um, so, um, and then I just, but I was kind of in the radius of all the, you know, all the people in the Bay area. And, uh, so my friend Sean Smithson, um, was trying out singing for a band and it had a couple of the guys from Exodus in it and he needed a ride. And I was like, well, whatever, I haven't met those guys before. And, you know, and he was like, yeah, they're, they're hella cool. Just come on out, you know, and we'll hang out and. So I took him out and they, uh, it was Tom and Gary and they were, they were doing a band called war dance. 
and um, um, their bass player wasn't there. And I took Sean out. Then again, that week, bass player wasn't there. And I was like, well, you know, where's your bass player? And they're all, oh, it's Mike Butler, who was the guy who played on the last Exodus record before right. me. And they're like, oh, he's in this band and this band, and he's in like six bands. He doesn't, he doesn't come and you know, he doesn't even show up and come and play. And right. I was like, well, fuck, I'll I'll come every week, you know. And uh, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing shit. I'll come play. I, that sounds good to me. I like it. And uh, so Gary gave me the tape, and I ended up getting the gig, and Sean didn't get the gig. <laughs> and uh, wow. And, uh, so I was in, I was in war dance with him for a couple years. We made a demo and, um, and then when we were shopping it around the best offer that we got was get Rick and Bailoff back and, you know, do a live, do a live bonded by blood thing. And, um, so that, that all just turned into, you know, Exodus with Rick and, and Bailoff back in the picture. So wow. they, they asked Robbie if he wanted to do it. And he, he said he had no interest in, in doing it. And, uh, oh, and wow. so I was there, I, I was already tight with Tom and Gary and I was in. You wow. were, sta- you were, so, you, you had sat, you were in those shoes already. Yeah. Good thing you're a nice guy and gave your buddy a ride to rehearsal. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And then totally <laughs> usurped his gig. Nice guy yeah. gets the gig. Right. Now he's in yeah, Exodus right. since 1996. That's not, not always right. the nice guy that gets the gig, though. Yeah, so, I guess that's true. So. I I, uh, I wanted to point out, because I'm uh, definitely not an aficionado, but I have this, uh, the Bay Area and the scene uh, there, and I talk about this on this podcast all the fucking time, that I have this obsession well maybe that's a bit hardcore but i'm attracted to and always have been like certain scenes the new york jersey scene of course the texas scene the la area and how it's very as far as thrash goes very incestuous with uh with the bay area and then of course Mm -hmm. the crown jewel the the bay area scene and that all of that shit and how that sort of ramped up kind of like in an overnight sensation when of course, you know, uh, you know, Metallica started going up there and then the whole mega force and then the whole, you know, Gary stepping in for Kirk and the, da, 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 da. that is so attractive to me. Just the whole mm-hmm. murder in the front row came out and I was just like, this is like the Bible of what I'm attracted <laughs> right. to. So, right. uh, when you kind of squint and sort of look inside, um, 96, I mean, time flies. We were, Dave, when you stepped in, we were, that's what we were kind of talking about is trying to grow old gracefully and still be attached to what we love and make sure that we're, we still love it. Right. When you figure it out, let me know. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, the whole, the whole point that I'm making in this long elaborate tear jerking story is, uh, 96 is in my brain, a flash, you know, it's 10 years, but you know, just after Exodus really kind of, you know, bonded by blood comes out, uh, you know, and then like it, it, 10 years later, you're, you're in the band and, and Exodus was kind of, I guess, over here cooling off and war dances, this thing. It's like that all is happening so fast, even though it's kind of 10 years after, 
um, your journey from just kind of tooling around playing in bands from probably where did you go see Exodus play in, you know, 85 and 86 and 87? I never caught Exodus. I was, I was a uh-huh. little bit too young okay. to, you know, get out to the Bay. My, my, I was in a, you know, kind of a strict, strict home and I was having okay. to sneak out to smoke my dope and, you sure. know, and do my stuff. So that was a little bit far away. I had caught Megadeth and Testament and uh, some of the other bands, but, but not, but I hadn't, I hadn't caught Exodus. Yeah. But, but as, as they say, back in the day, you, you didn't get to catch them. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, but you, no, but I you didn't. got to work with Paul. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask you. That's tell, kind tell of us, amazing yeah. because, you know, the live fast, die young reputation and you got to play shows with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. sick. He was, he was, sick. he was real. Like all that, all that shit, man. He was, he was that guy, you know, he was funny. I, I, I actually learned a lot from Paul though, too. Like I, you know, like I learned a lot about how people, treat each other and, and, you know, stuff like he was a master of like people and their relationships between them, you know, like wow. he, he, he could, he was, he was a, you know, he was a manipulator of people as well as because he understood how, you know, how people worked, you know what I mean? Wow. And uh, so then that, that kind of turned him into the freeloader, you know, that he was like the, 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 the kind of scavenger, you know, freeloader that he was because he knew how to, he knew how to navigate and survive. You know what I mean? He was, he was pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. I was well, going to ask a, you to, I was going to yeah. ask you to tell us your best Paul Bailoff story. Yeah, which I, was, uh, real quick, that was a very, that was a very nice way to say he was, uh, he was the guy on living on your couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we've all, well, we, uh, know, musicians have, have, have been it, and live in infamy on people's couches. Oh, un- for sure. Until they don't. I mean, I'm I'm guilty. Yeah. Oh no, he left a trail of he left a trail of bills all the way through the East Bay. Well, like <laughs> I heard that uh, when when you know when we gave him the call to come back, you know, and, and that we were going to do that that live record, he was he was living in a uh, like a airstream trailer. Uh, down in down in Santa Cruz area, and uh, and he sold it to two different people and left town. <laughs> they both showed up to get it at the same time. And they had to fight it out, and he was long gone with their money. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man, and he was he was he was he was a grifter like that. He was funny. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> a good i mean that's a great paul story but i don't know if that's what dave was looking for i mean speak i don't I, and you you know what uh you're you're not uh in my in my i mean you are and you're not uh speaking ill of the dead because obviously you have no. a good yeah yeah you have a positive yeah. kind of like I bet Paul would be the first to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we were the. It was. It was so like wild, you know. Like when the band really got back together then in in '97, and it was Paul and Rick 
and you know they were fucking crazy man like they were fucking crazy you know and they didn't think it was gonna last so they were like you know like they were going into the bay and like stealing shirts and going into the parking lot and selling them you know like before the show and you know buying fucking stuff to consume and right. uh, it was just absolutely out of control like wild shit it was it was so rock and roll i loved it you know wow. <laughs> like I, I was like a kid you know i was like i just got there and i was like this is fucking killing you know what i mean it was, <laughs> it was fucking it was funny man it was killer right you ju- you just joined the band and paul comes back and the circus starts right yeah totally totally it was it was it was out of control man it was fun i you know i guess i i guess i didn't really know how uh i I don't want to give him any nicknames i'm sure paul had plenty of nicknames but (laughs) but i uh i mean he's a professional shit starter Oh yeah. He was, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess I didn't really know <laughs> yeah. that about Paul. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, you know, I mean really like back in the day, even like before me, like those guys, you didn't like, if they came to the party at your house, your house was fucked. <laughs> like your house was fucked. Okay. Like they would kill, you know, they were, you know, they would like, like Paul would like, you know, go into your dad's desk and take the the pencils and the and the rubber bands and start like spear fishing the fish in the in the fish tank and you know like shit like that. Like they just like nothing was safe. They would they would like you know just take all the food out and cook it all and not eat it and uh, you know like that. Just I heard just crazy crazy stories of you wow. know they take all the they take you know the pictures and hang them up upside down and you know just you know shit would get just destroyed so, <laughs> so yeah. he uh, he come he comes by his reputation honestly then all yeah, of them yes yeah. yeah yeah all of them yeah especially back then <laughs> they were just out of control i so, i'm uh feel lucky that i missed some of his uh antics to put it light but i was lucky enough to to meet him and uh in 86 in october of oh, 86 yeah. And cool. obviously he wasn't in the band anymore, but uh, he, he may have had Piranha or something uh, at the yeah, time. Yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, but he was, uh, I think he was promoting shows at the Mab and at Broadway. Uh-huh. Broadway, he was doing yeah. that. I mean, promoting shows yeah. mean no one yeah. got paid. You mean like like running off with the box? <laughs> yeah, no one got paid. Hey, how many tickets yeah. sold? Oh, okay, that's good. Can you hand me? Okay, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ron Quintana set up some shows, set up some shows for, for Watchtower, and, and we played a couple of shows out there. And, and Paul was there hanging around, but I... I think he was there to get the money and leave. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk so, about this real quick. Yeah, this is uh, uh, okay. this is an incredible moment uh, in history. And um, where did you guys record that? So, uh, by the way, for those who are listening, you, not watching, we're talking about the latest Exodus record, Persona Non Grata. That's Persona Non Grata. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually recorded it up at Tom's house. The last, the last several records, uh, we haven't gone into a real studio studio in a very, very long time. 
Um, uh, sometimes what, what, what we'll do is go in and record the drums in a big, in a big studio where you have the big room and all the mics and all the mm-hmm. inputs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this time we had it all ourselves. Our, uh, we got our buddy, Steve Lagudi, who was, uh, he used to be sound man for machine head and, uh, a lot of other bands. And, uh, he brought all of his Midas stuff over and, uh, Tom has like a, you know, like a barn shed by his house and we just set up in there and we took all the time, all the time that we needed to, to do whatever we wanted. You know, we actually got to leave the drums set up. So like at a couple points, halfway through the record, Tom decided he wanted to change something and he just went in, played it, changed it and it was in, Right. you know, um, Wow, and it was just a really re- relaxing experience. We'd have somebody be in there working and the rest of us are outside barbecuing and throwing the Frisbee around or hiking through the, the mountains. It's Tom's place is up in a place called Lake Almanor, um, way up kind of by the Nevada border, um, up there by Lassen. And it's just up in the, up in the Sierra Nevadas. I mean, wow. it's just beautiful up there. So, uh, it was just a really cool, uh, experience you know we stayed up there most of us stayed up there the whole time lee would kind of go back and forth to his family everybody went kind of back and forth but uh um yeah man it was really really a good experience you know really relaxing you were living in nashville at the time during the recording yeah but i just went back out to california we we were all staying at tom's house okay and uh and then we rented a like a house for the month up there um oh, good. uh like his cousin had a like a really cool like vacation you know like weekender vacation home and he gave us like a really good deal for the month oh, yeah. um and uh and it was just up the street from tom's and um how many so, of you guys were were staying in the in the rental uh like two or three um okay. so it was kind of cool tom you know, Tom stayed at his house, Gary stayed at Tom's and Lagudi, Steve Lagudi stayed at Tom's. So they were all there all the time. And then, so for most of it, it was just me and Zetro at this gigantic, you know, this gigantic house on the river, you know, like I was kicking it, man. Like wow. I actually kicked it a little too hard. I was, you know, I, I, I was, I was like, I got to go play some bass. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it was just a really, really relaxing really relaxing time and it it you know gave us the time to to not hurry and you know go back and fix things that we wanted to fix and, were, uh, were you i'm sorry to be uh pushing this but were you writing while recording or were you were the songs pretty much demoed out already and and mostly they're they're done like kind of the way we do it is tom and gary get in a room for for a couple months like a you know, and hammer most of the songs out, um, just half stack and, and drum set. Um, and, uh, I, I used to kind of go and sit in on it and stuff. And I just realized I was getting in the way. Like I was just taking time away from the, the real like creative burn, mm-hmm. you know, that can go on between those two. And, uh, so now I just wait, I just wait till they're, you know, Gary calls me and he goes, all right, we're going to start. And, once we have about eight, then it's time to, to start doing it. Cause Gary will write a couple like in the studio at the last minute, 
you know, and uh, and then we'll all have to learn it. Those are usually like the, the barn burners or he turns them in at, at the zero hour and we all have to learn to get it and, yeah. you know, play, play it. But uh, so he kind of stays creative through that whole process. Once he turns on, man, he's like a machine. It's, you know, he's, he's really, he's really, he's like, like Gary's the real deal, man. Like once yeah. he starts working, like he does everything and every note goes by him and every, he knows what the cover is going to look like and what the mood is, you know, he knows it's his thing, you know, from, from front to back, basically. Well, yeah. he, he nailed it, but I need to kind of step up, step to the side and go, you guys nailed it. This, yeah, this Thanks. record, uh, kind of brought back Exodus. Yeah, I would, I, I second that. Um, uh, you know, I was going to ask, it was seven years, uh, it, there was a seven year wait between the last album and this one. So in some of this, you just explained, you guys had the luxury of being able to take your time, whatnot. COVID gets in the middle of all that, I'm sure. But after seven years and this thing comes out and the reviews across the board were just phenomenal, man. You guys had to have been stoked at uh, yeah. the response you got from it. Yeah. It was a little weird though. Actually. I mean, the whole seven year thing was really because of Gary and Slayer. Like we, uh, we, yeah. we didn't want to, like, we didn't want to make a record and then have to tour it without Gary and stuff. So that was an extra long time. We were waiting for, you know, for, for that thing. Um, but, uh, and then also, you know, we made it like we went in and recorded it about three months into the pandemic. Not, we had no idea what was, you know, that we were going to be. So we made it, we sat on it for almost a year we still, you know, still things were locked down and the label said, you know, you got to put it out. So we put it out in the middle, you know, in the middle of COVID and then couldn't tour it or anything. So, uh, you know, I mean, basically everything that happened, you know, then is a, it's kind of a mulligan. Like we don't even know what the numbers meant and you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, it got, got, you know, the critical acclaim that, yeah. that we wanted, you know, people liked it. So, uh, so hopefully the next one is, you know, is, you know, a step in the same direction. And now that things are a little bit back to normal, we can really, you know, do something and take off with it. Yeah. Tell me about the artwork. This is an amazing piece of artwork on the album cover. Uh, Dave, you got some signatures on that thing or no? Yeah. All the guys, (laughs) this is, this is my son's, uh, we saw you on the Bay Strikes Back tour in Austin, Texas. And my son who is now 15, he was 14 at the time was standing out in front of your bus. I love this story. Uh And, uh, Lee was on the phone outside the bus. So I told my son, you got to wait till he's done with that phone call. And so he did. And then, uh, he approached Lee and asked for his (laughs) autograph and Lee signed it. And then Lee went on the bus and then my son and I were standing outside the bus and Gary sends one of your road crew out of the bus and he says, Hey, Gary's in there. He wants to know if you want that signed. And my son says, yeah, please. So we kind of walked to the front door of the bus and and Gary and the guys, you, you know, all you guys came to the stairs at some point, signed it. And then my son is handing bonded by blood and he goes, uh, just Gary and Tom on this one. <laughs> yeah, and Gary was very impressed that he was so specific about that uh, request. Yeah. But yeah, all you all you guys were really cool. We were in the parking lot. We just got dropped off. We were in the parking lot five minutes, and this whole album oh, was nice. autographed by every guy in the band. 
And then at some point later in the night, that same road crew guy passed me in the crowd. The show was going on and I stopped him and I said, Hey man, thanks so much for making that happen. That was, that was really cool. You made my son's day. And he goes, dude, that was all Gary. He just saw your boys standing outside. He saw him through the windshield of the bus and he told me to go get him. And see, mm-hmm. he says, uh, I was happy to do it, but that was all Gary. So yeah, sorry to throw a, a crowbar in the middle of the whole thing. The artwork, Dave. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The artwork. Tell, tell us about the artwork, Jack. Um, I don't know shit about the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> He's honest. Well, that's when, that's, that's I mean, when you go. Great. That's when you go, man. Like I'm just the bass player. Well, he, he, yeah, well, he did say just a minute ago. He said just a minute ago that Gary sort of conceptualizes everything, and he yeah. even said yeah, he does. an album cover and everything. So yeah, yeah. He I was does. just curious. I mean, I know. I mean, I know it's kind of a, a you know, there's a little bit of a play from the last album because there's the little pod with the baby in it in the front and that was there was like the whole row of the pods of babies on the last on the last one so i think this is like the you know the next step of the evolution of the you know whatever the art on the last one man i don't fucking know man (laughs) Gary, 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 gary does it you know and it's kind of like uh you know, I mean, it's kind of like a, a, a comp, you know, it's Gary and the artist, you know, like Gary goes, Oh, I mean, something like this, it's called this and something like that. And then the guy will send a couple sketches and Gary's like, yeah, but a little bit, you know, like Gary looks at it and then he gets an idea. Oh, maybe, you know, or the blood isn't red enough, make it redder. Or, you know, like they kind of go back and forth and then, and then it is what it is, you know? Yeah. That it's sounds a, like a, a that sounds like a uh, not to dumb it down normal process for yeah. the, for the visionary it's it's the normal yeah. process it's a yeah. beautiful yeah. piece yeah. of work I mean it's immaculate yeah the, cool. the color yeah. scheme is incredible do you know the artist's name Dave no I I meant to I'm look at the, the artist's name man I met him and <laughs> I met him and I'm just I'm just, just you know I'm too old to remember these things I get right it now. Well, but he's, it's it's it, it's the same guy. Yeah, that right there it, is a frameable piece name. of art. That is yeah, man, the like the backdrop. Yeah. When, you know, we have it on our backdrop. Yeah, and man, like the the blue and the red in it. Man, they look they look so good under the lights. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But yeah, it's a a great album. It sounds great. It looks great. It was seven years in the making. I forgot uh, you made a very valid point about uh, Gary being busy with Slayer. Duh. Uh, so yeah. that would, you know that would kind of prolong things, but. I, I think it's yeah. well worth the wait by all accounts. I mean, it was critically acclaimed. I, I hope you guys are happy with it. I, as a fan and as a yeah. listener, I was thrilled with it. So, um, I mean, I, I always have that, you know, I, I have that problem where like, I'm never fully happy with it. Yeah. You know, like, like as, as an artist, there's a point where you just have to like cut the cord and say it's done because especially today, like the way we make records today, like you can just keep tweaking on it and keep, you can just keep improving it and keep fixing things and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And like now, like the art is learning when to stop that yeah, yeah. You know, and let, let some of the humanity go, but not enough to make it sound like there's mistakes in it or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, and right. it's funny because like, you know, working on music like that now, it, like I'm so detail oriented. I listen to old 
music that I've loved forever. And I hear all these mistakes in it now, you know, yeah. like old live shit, like Van Halen and stuff. And I'm all, Oh, oh, he fucked up right there. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you know, like we're not used to that. Now our ears don't, you know, like now that jumps out at me, like, Oh, I would to fix that. You know? And it's like, Oh, you didn't, couldn't fix it. They were playing it live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's a, that's another good point. You, you have the, you, it's possible to lose the spontaneity by maxing out technology and fixing every little thing. Absolutely. So, and I think spont- spont- spontaneity is, uh, is really important for a band like Exodus because I mean, it's all about, yeah. it's all about the, the emotion and the speed and the aggression and that sort of thing. You don't, you don't, aggression yeah. shouldn't be sterilized. <laughs> no, no, there's like a, there's a push and pull in, uh, in that kind of music, especially like in, you know, even more so in thrash than in death metal, you know, like death metal is almost, you know, has even a stronger pulse, like a, you know, like a straight pulse, like, but metal, like you said, the valley, you know, the peaks and the valleys, and it's about, you know, like pulling that, you know, that slow part back even just a little bit more and finding those exact right, you know, grooves, even at high speeds, you know. A lot of yeah. people, a lot of people don't realize, and this is just my brain vomiting, um, a lot of people don't realize that, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that slow is heavy, fast is not. Yeah. Yeah. Slow has weight. Yeah. Right? When you're on yeah. the ceiling, you got nowhere else to go. It's just, you know, yeah. rat-a-tat-tat. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you drop, at any mm-hmm. at any point below, you know, mm-hmm. in the red, when you cool it off just a little bit, <clears throat> starts to get heavier and heavier and heavier and example just go listen to black sabbath by black sabbath yeah 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 because it's fucking the heaviest song ever it's so yeah has your uh has your uh has being in exodus afforded you the opportunity to meet any of your heroes oh god most of them man you know yeah totally um I mean, Slayer, Metallica, you know, like, you know, I haven't met Lars, but I've met uh, the other guys and, you know, and then meeting them kind of in a, on a peer level instead of, you know, like as a, as a fan, yeah. not that I'm, you know, peers with Metallica or whatever, but you, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, I mean, it got me to meet Glenn Campbell. Oh, tell yeah. us about that. That's well, awesome. Uh, I I went to go see Glenn um, on on his last tour, and it was up in the um, up in Reno. And somehow I had bought tickets, and then I I had fucked up, and they never came. Like I guess I didn't push the last. You know, oh. are you really sure you want them? Are you sure you sure you sure you want them? So <laughs> like a couple of days before the concert, I was like, oh fuck, I don't have tickets. Like. And so, uh, my, uh, lady that I was working with at the time just called the, called the casino and got me a comp ticket somehow. Wow. She was, you know, she, she had the gift. Wow. And, uh, so I went and then I went and I, I, she was like, you know, make sure to find the, that guy and thank him for, you know, for comping your, your, your ticket. And I was like, yeah, totally. So. I put my red suit on and went up all by myself and went in, you know, and I was totally pimping and, uh, and I went and found the guy and I was like, Hey man, you know, thank you for hooking me up, man. I thought I'd had the ticket. I'm just, you know, I'm just too old for this shit. 
And he was like, yeah, man, it's totally cool. I love Exodus. I work out to that stuff all the time. And he's all, you want to, you, you know, if you want, come at the end and I'll put you in the line for the meet and greet. Whoa. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to meet and greet. So I went and stood in line and, you know, and uh, went in, got my picture, met him, shook his hand, you know, oh. told him his kids were awesome. And uh, and I have the I have the picture still. It's like my favorite picture I've ever had, you know. Like wow. he's in a he he's in a blue suit and I'm in a red suit. And it's like totally killer. So, oh. so I, it comes up every year on his birthday, which was yesterday. And oh. as a matter of fact, I went to a Glenn Campbell tribute last night here in Nashville, and his whole family was there. And uh, and Jimmy Webb, who was the, a songwriter back in the in the seventies. I mean, he wrote. He wrote Wichita Lineman, Galveston. By the time I get to Phoenix, he wrote of Up and Away and My Beautiful Balloon. Oh my God. And uh he wrote Highwaymen. Uh he wrote all these all these songs and then he was there and he played all the like all those songs and then talked about, you know, I wrote it like this, Glenn played it like this, and like uh and it was it was really cool. So, wow. That's yeah. awesome. How yeah. was Glenn at that point? Because I know late in his years, I mean, there was there was some talk of him not even touring because his health had deteriorated yeah. so much. Right. And then I think there was points where he was having trouble remembering lyrics or or yeah. something to that effect. So, but he yeah. did manage to pull off a final tour, like you said, and you yeah. got to meet him. So, yeah, how I, was saw him, I saw him twice on that on that tour. So I saw him kind of earlier on, and uh, and that was at the casino was the first time I saw him. And he, uh, and he, he was, so he had Alzheimer's. So he yeah. had really bad Alzheimer's at the time and you could see him like he would kind of lose it every so often, like he'd be playing and everything was cool. And then you'd see him and he'd be kind of like looking and it was right, right back into it. He would like snap, like right back. It was, it was, it was pretty profound actually, you know, um, like watching him just like find himself again and, yeah. and be, and be in the moment all over again and stuff. Wow. And uh, so it was, it was good. It was kind of bittersweet. It was good. And, and it was a little bit painful, um, but I'm glad I got to see it. I actually got to see his last, last show ever wow. too. I didn't, I didn't know it, but it was in Napa right by my house. And then that was consequently the last show of that tour. And then they didn't take him out again after that. So, his daughter yeah. was in in the the touring band, and I yeah, his daughter and his two sons actually yeah, hold, holding yeah. Their, the family band together yeah. was yeah probably That's the a, saving grace for that tour yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing absolutely That's a great story yeah. amazing That's a great yeah. story and, and, and the I'm kids glad are awesome happened. yeah like the kids can play they can play great all of them like wow. she plays the banjo so good it's yeah. wow. Well, I, I've cool. Glenn Campbell had was uh, one hell of a guitar player. You might not know oh. from his his recorded output, but I've read right. stuff like behind the scenes. I mean, he could throw down. Oh he, yeah, man! He just strikes me as sort of this unassuming crooner guy, but apparently he was one hell of a guitar player. Well, he was in the he was in the Wrecking Crew, so I mean, there was years where he did like you know three hundred and fifty tracks. Yeah, yeah. He did all the Beach Boys stuff, you know, all the, you know, he was on uh, Strangers in the Night with Frank Sinatra and, uh, you know, I mean, all these great, great, all this, all those old songs back then, it's, it's you know, him on, on, on the electric guitar. Yeah, the stories so, you hear about all those old pop songs and big band songs and things like that, yeah. if they need a guitar player, he was one of the guys. That's right. For years. That's right. 
for years. For probably know, 15 great, or 20 years. Yeah, he's one of the only ones that uh, actually, you know, got you had his own solo career out of that that group of players. Oh, Most yeah. of them, they were making so much money doing the studio work, they didn't want a chance like losing that revenue by going out and, you know, going on tour. So he was one of the only ones that actually even ever had a solo career. Similar to the, or related to the Motown story yeah. about the bands yeah. that the, the yeah. guys that just hung around the studio all day and they just changed a singer. Yeah. yeah. Same with uh, here. Yeah. It was the, it was, it was the A team, you know, it was yeah. the, the, those guys they're on, all those old recordings, like every yeah. single one of them, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. What a great story about Glenn Campbell. And uh, I'm so yeah. glad it happened to you. Cause you obviously have an appreciation for that type of, yeah. music. that's, that's, yeah, man. I, I love him. Yeah. He was, he was one of the, he was one of the greatest. Yeah. So you're, you admit to <clears throat> Jack Gibson thrash metal basis for legendary Exodus Bay area Kings. Would you call yourself a music nerd? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, I like, I mean, I like, and I've played all kinds of uh, styles of music, you know, yeah. I backed up a flamenco guy for a while. I was in like a, like a sublime kind of punk reggae okay. skater, you know, type band, um, metal bands, country music. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like I, you know, I, I recorded with, you know, really hardcore rap dudes where I was nice. almost afraid to like afraid to be in the studio with him and shit. Like, Whoa. Shit. You know, like, are yeah, we going to get killed here? Sketchy and, situations uh, with guns yeah, on the totally. table and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, after you've uh, <clears throat> kind of told us that now we know that, uh, what, at what age were you starting to sort of like branch out? I mean, did you grow up just like, a, uh, the rest of us, you know, you got, got a kiss record or a priest record and it, I don't know, Bay city rollers, Led Zeppelin, something yeah. like that. To me, it was rush rush. Yeah. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So when yeah. you started to branch out as a musician and play different styles of music, how far into your, I'll loosely call it a career because usually when you're a teenager and you're growing into your instrument kind of thing, when did you start playing with other styles of music with other musicians outside of your, well, you I mean, know, I guess band? pretty early, pretty early because I'd only really picked, I, I knew how to play the guitar from like guitar lessons when I was young and I played piano and stuff like that. But, uh, I didn't really start playing like, you know, heavy music or anything until I was right at the end of high school. Okay. Um, like all, like a bunch of my friends played guitar and I kind of noodled on their guitars. And then one of my friends said, you just, why don't you get a bass? Like you can play that thing, get a bass and you can play with us. So then I started playing bass. And then like two years later, I went to, to BIT. Oh, okay. MI. Like I, I took, I took lessons. I started learning, Actual, you know, this was, I was so into Billy Sheehan. So I wanted to know how to go. Didn't we all started? Yeah. So I started learning, you know, like all the modes and keys and all that stuff. And then, and then my buddy was 
going to GIT and I just walked in the door with my base and like took the test in person and I fucking passed, you know, wow. I was like, well, fuck now I got to pay for this, you know? So, um, so I ended up going to, to BIT like real early in my playing career. And then that really set like this, uh, you know, base for me to learn anything I, I wanted later. You know, they, they make you, do that kind of thing like you got to play blues and you got to play this and you got to do jazz and you got to do play rock and you got to get up in front of people and you gotta you got to play music with people you've never met you know yeah um you know where everybody shows up and the guy goes you 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 here's your sheet come back and play it in five minutes and you got to go in the room and like go through it a couple times with dudes you've never met and then come back in the room and play it you know and uh, so it, it geared me up to just kind of do whatever the fuck I wanted, you know. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not calling you names by calling you a bass master, but because you have that sort of uh, diplomatic title of BIT graduate, because you took the test and you paid. I didn't graduate. Well, okay. Can't take that. I didn't graduate. Okay. <laughs> but you passed some kind of test. You know, yeah, yeah. you you were able I just, to. I took off early. I, I just took off early because the last, like the last quarter was like having fun. Um, like it oh. was like it was it was live playing workshops and kind of oh. parties. So like like the learning was done, and I had a band that wanted to move back up to the Bay Area, and I wanted to go with them. So I left school a little bit early. So I, I just I just didn't stick around for the final. Uh, Right. You know, the, the final thing. But so I, you, I got what I wanted. You did all the climbing and you were yeah. an excellent climber and you get <clears throat> you get to the top of the peak and there from here it's just downhill. The rest of it yeah. is just this this rest of this yeah. shit is free. You deserve yeah. it and you're like, What? Yeah. I I get to go yeah. play rock and roll with my buddies back in the bay. Yeah, right. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> right. That right, sounds right. right. It sounds like you, yeah. you knew what yeah. you were there for and you never lost yeah. sight of that. That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, sure. but you for still, sure. now you get to play uh, jazz and blues and punk and country and whatever you want, because you kind of did the work. That's kind yeah. of, that's, that's a bass master. That's a, you, you've got, guess, some, yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. dude. <laughs> You're in fucking Exodus. That's all I got. You know, people can walk home and go, that dude's in Exodus. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, not to make fun of it, but I think it's cool. Uh, Is it just me or was the Bay Strikes Back tour just a long, long tour? I felt like you guys were out forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can. Well, they, yeah, it it sold. So they kept booking leg three and leg four. Oh, let's go to Europe and let's, you know, go back over there and now we're actually we're doing that show in japan in september now so awesome so how is that so you're out on the road and the tour is selling well and you've got to be happy about that but at the same point you're you're kind of like you're seeing the finish line you're almost about to go home and get a break and then somebody hits you with another run of four weeks or something like that is it like oh man or do you just kind of just run with the enthusiasm of it all I mean, it, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we, you got to go to work. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's with Testament and Death Angel. It's actually a little bit easier because we know all of them guys, you know, like it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a family. I mean, yeah, you know, 
Like we've, you know, I mean, we've opened for Testament entirely too many times, you know what I mean? So there's kind of like, God, more Testament shows, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, there are homeboys and it's, it's an easy, it's an easy group of people to, to be around and we're all family, yeah. you know, if something yeah. goes wrong, we all help each other out. And, and yeah. it's just kind of, you know, so it's, it's, and if it's not, if it's not Testament, it's anthrax or you know what i mean or creator yeah. or you know what i mean like we're good we're going to be out doing something with somebody right so, yeah might as well be people you get along with and, and that sort of thing the, the for, speaking from a fan i mean that 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 lineup was great man i mean yeah. whoever put that package yeah. together really yeah. was looking out for the fans because I, I remember that being announced yeah. and i was thinking wow that's a great yeah. triple bill well, and so was by the way the the recent uh, anthrax black label run that you did yeah when jason saw you in san antonio that was yeah, another great good triple package man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. someone's someone's well. being smart when that shit comes together back to the bass strikes back yeah. that's kind of like uh murder in the front row celebratory on tour yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah almost. It, it, it it's also uh, a, a historical a monument to to that whole thing, obviously. But I was gonna say, uh, even with the shall I say, just the the, uh, the the lineup, you know, the personnel, whether it be uh -huh. you know, there's only one original guy. Oh, there's two original guys. Oh, there's three original guys. One guy's got to go. That that a testament with the drummer, you know, but Gene yeah. and and um, you know Lombardo. Uh, Dave, Lombardo. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, what what whatever whatever. I'm not really trying. That's not really the merry-go-round. Is not what I'm bringing up. I'm bringing up right. the the faces are changing only slightly, but it's like you, it, it's like, like, it's not like you don't know the guy that's in the saddle now. Yeah. Right. That's what right. the point I'm making is that. Yeah. Yeah. Even the family, the there's not really any unknown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, True. Between yeah. when you talk about the great drummers and, you know, Gene yeah. and Dave and, and Tom and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Tim Pesta and, uh, yeah. It, 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 whatever uh yeah. paul bustoff you know that just it, it it doesn't you guys are you guys are all there and it's all family and and you're all yeah. there that's that's it's amazing so yeah. let's talk about uh if you don't mind some personnel in the singer's position in exodus mm -hmm. uh i have this thing about bailoff that he created this uh I really do believe, I mean, so I'm waiting for someone to correct me. It's kind of a funny uh, way to say it, but I call it the Scooby-Doo, mm -hmm. where he's kind of, you know, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm poking fun, but I think that in thrash metal, that sort of, if you're not a melodic singer, that yeah. is a way for you to have this, upper thing and this lower thing uh, sort of marry them and create uh, this sort of painting over speed metal yeah. and i think as a singer i i i, I appreciate any uh vocalization of any kind I, I i love cartoon voices i like 
opera. I like female vocal. I like guttural black death, you know, and, and I like, I like silly vocalization. It's all art. So when you think about Exodus, that is kind of this very fitting. You think about Tom Mariah. He, I get him as like this, like a hardcore singer. He sings like right. a hardcore singer. Like, like right. I hear agnostic front DRI vocal yeah. approach sure. with Tom, Tom Mariah, even though right. Slayer has always written off like, yeah, we get, we we're, we're the biggest Judas priest fans in the world. Right. Because they right. took a lot of songwriting styles from Priest and just ramped right. them up times two, right. times two hundred. Right. I should probably right. say, right. Right. but <laughs> but I, you know, you 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 worked with Paul, and you worked with Zetro, and didn't you work with uh, a couple Rob. of other guys too that were fronted Exodus? That's Rob, yeah, Rob, yeah, Rob that's Duke, right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm how did the vocal approach change and did it change the way Gary and Tom wrote? Do you think, or good question? I mean, I went deep there. I, 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 I've I mean, I don't think it, brow. I don't think it, I don't think it changed the way that they wrote, okay. you know, that like Tom and Gary wrote, but each guy definitely has his own um, approach you know, to the, to the way things, to the way they, they do things. I mean, Bailoff was, Bailoff was a little difficult to, to, you know, this keeps coming up. Sensing a theme, like, yeah. like he was, it was hard to get Paul to focus for, you know, for, for very long. I mean, that's one thing about Zetro is like, you know, he's there, he's on time, he's got the lyrics and he knows them. Like that's one thing about, about Zet, like he will, he does his fucking job, you know, and if you give him three songs to learn, he learns them, you know what I mean? And, and, wow. and he, yeah. he remembers, he remembers those words. Like when Zet, when Zet messes up a word, he's pissed. Like uh -oh. He's mad at himself. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like, Bailoff couldn't remember shit. He mumbled his way through everything. You know what I mean? But you know, you know, you know, you know what I you know what I compare it to? Like Bailoff is David Lee Roth and Zetro is is Sammy Hagar. Wow! Right, like yeah. you know, Sammy had a, a more straightforward, like professional approach. You know, Dave was fucking the words up and falling over, and we're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, Dave!" You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, because he because he meant it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Bay Bailoff was the same way. Like he was he was technically, you know, a shitty singer, but he he lived it so much that. You, believable it, it it came out it was real yeah. you know yeah, what i yeah. mean yeah. so uh like that was bailoff's power you know to make up for the fact that he really couldn't sing well or remember words you know which were two important things when you're a singer again. yeah I I, I I i i like the sort of uh sway of the needle when you think about well, do you want professionalism and, you know, the guy runs a tight ship and he's got it fucking down and we're never going to have to stink eye this guy. He's always going to be mm -hmm. there, like checking all the boxes, like you said. Or do we want authentic? Who's like yeah. this? Uh, you got to worry about him showing up. You know, all of the boxes are unchecked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You want authentic. You know, the David Lee Roth exactly. or the Paul Bailoff, where, where it's authentic as fuck. 
Right. And, do, right. you know, but are you the fan who's going to want it to be just shit tight all the time? Or you, you don't know what you're going to get with the front guy. Right. It's an interesting, yeah. I see yeah. both sides of the coin for sure. Yeah. They're both good. I mean, I like, I like yeah. both singers. I like, I like Dave. I like Sammy, you know, but I think I like, I like Dave better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, but think of it this way. Like what if Sammy had been the singer before and then they got Dave and been like, who's this fucking guy? He sucks. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's the standard you know would I mean? have already been established, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that you I say that. Yeah. I, I love your perspective. I think that you sort of like handed me, uh, a, a golden platter of uh, of the uh, the idea there that um y y you know where where Steve is and and where Paul are, was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is so black and white yeah and and For, Rob was kind of in in between okay like Rob uh, you know he was uh, like he wasn't as uh, you know, like professional as Zetro was, because Zetro had done it for a long, a lot longer, you know, right. and, uh, and Rob would forget words a little bit and stuff, but he was also very like, uh, physically present on stage. Like he was very intimidating. Like we were a really mean band when Rob was in the band. Yeah. yeah. That record. Like, like, like we were mean, you know what I mean? And like, we were, oh, fuck you, you know, and uh, and that that, that record because Rob intense. was kind of that that hardcore yeah. Phil and Selmo style, you yeah. know, like in your face, you know, guy. So, um, well, if I may you know, speak, if I may speak frank, speak frankly, just as a fan, when I heard that record with Rob on it, I was taken aback by this. Doesn't sound like Exodus. For you know, if I I'd have to really squint and you know make right. sure look you know the album cover you know okay it says Exodus right. on the record you know it was really different for me yeah, uh, yeah. being an older yeah. an older thrash metal fan you know from right. and uh it it took me out a little bit was it did it take some getting used to for for you guys as the best yeah. you know the the lineup that you had in this well new i mean as the band not really just because you know it's the music that, that you write you know what i mean like the music that you write it depends on the people that are there and, and right. who's taking part in it at, at the at the time so like we were just trying to make the best sonically correct record you know that that we could at the time and use the tools that we had so like rob had some tools that zet didn't have mm. um you know which was like this this ferocity type of thing um and so we tried to use it you, you know what i mean um yeah. and uh and you know well music just music just kind of comes out the way it's gonna come yeah. out um very if you well try to well if you put. try to steer it too much, it's it isn't going to sound good. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, so it just kind of was what it was. We were a different band at the time, you know, and uh, so, and, you, you know, know that's one of the things. Kind of like like when we heard Zet sing on the stuff again, we had him come in and demo stuff, and as soon as he sang, we were like, "Yeah, that's that's going to have to happen." Because it then again, you know, all of a sudden we could hear that old Exodus vibe it was you know there just instantly and so like that's what he brings you know what i mean yeah, yeah. which i think is what <clears throat> that goes back to what i was saying what fans are used to 
Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. that, that, that odd record, I hate, I hate calling it that because it makes me yeah. feel like I'm saying something negative about it. And I'm not, yeah. here's where yeah. I'm going with it. Uh, that might be, you know, the Rob record that might be uh, some people's favorite Exodus record. Have you run right. into that before? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like younger, younger kids, uh, you know, they liked it. That's what, that's the one they grew up with. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, I always run into this all the time. Like you find a, you know, like I remember running into a kid and his favorite maiden album was seventh son of seventh son. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's but that's me. the song. That's, that's the album. Yeah. That, that's the album that he got. I'm like, bro, yeah, there's killers and shit. Like, what are yeah. you doing? You know, yeah, you like, and, yeah. but, but it was the one that he grew up with yeah. and so that's his reference point and that that same thing would happen you know like it's your first love i think that yeah. it's what you fall yeah. in love with and that's not your fault yeah i mean that's all you yeah. know and then you don't know yeah. until you do and then you figure it out exactly. so people have to exactly. fall backwards to figure out where it comes from uh, yeah exactly that shit's exactly. very 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 real even uh if you're a music lover you have to figure yeah. out which your path so yeah, I have a yeah. I have a gratuitous question for Jack. And, oh, I love these. Yeah, and it's because of the line of work he's in. I'm curious to know your thoughts on the new Metallica record. I haven't heard it. Ah, okay. Um, I'm guilty of that too. I, you know, I heard about like I heard a little bit of the the first song that they put out. Just a few. Lux Eterna. Yeah, just a couple things, and I mean, it sounds like Metallica to me. I mean, you know, they're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not the same band either. They're not trying to no. do the, you know, the, the, the same stuff that they were. And, um, so it's not really my, my, you know, cup of tea, but I mean, I can't, you know, at the same time, like I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Like talk shit to them for being the biggest band of all time. You know, like no. they, <laughs> like they, they did what they wanted to do and they fucking kicked its ass. And so, well, they, you know, I mean, they I mean, also Metallica's Metallica. Like they have their own fucking economy for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. They, like they own the venue. <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly, own the radio so. station that their songs are number one on. They did exactly. just go buy a. Didn't yeah. they just buy a record uh, pressing plant? Yeah. Yeah, I they think bought I just, a vinyl plant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, there you go. So yeah. they they yeah. are the music industry. Uh, you know, they don't have to bite their own tail anymore. They're, they're a brand and they're, they, they're the trendsetter now. You know, and Metallica has always been that band that kind of cut it in half. Like, yeah. like, like music wise, like Exodus was trying to be able to make the baddest riff. It's going to be the fucking baddest <laughs> riff, you know? And like, yeah, and like Metallica is like, you know, we're going to reach the most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's two different philosophies. You, you know what I mean? Metallica was, was wanted to be the biggest band, yeah. you know what I mean? And so their technique was taking like music, like we play, like, I don't want to say cutting it in half, but like straddling making the it, line, like, making it accessible to people that are like, Oh, that shit's too heavy. Like then they were playing to those people and bridging that, that gap. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's and they were doing that. Like they were doing that back then, even, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. even with, with master of puppets and stuff, they were already doing that. And that's been their, you know, strategy the, the, the whole time. They've been know, straddling to, that line since fade to yeah. black. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah. then they they won. Like they yeah, they, they win. Yeah. You yeah, know? Even, even with uh, bell tolls, I think bell tolls, yeah. fade to black, yeah. songs like that, they really straddle the line. Those are perfect, perfectly written songs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because they were, yeah. they that was their first, especially uh, with bell tolls, where they kind of had yeah. sort of the time change in the in the outro, bam, 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 which yeah. is so metal. And yeah. but the but the but the you know the big plotting you know. 100 yeah. BPMs or whatever, and and, and yeah. oh my god, and that was fucking early for metal, just still yeah. early for metal. Yeah, so yeah. have that perspective, and also throws me. Uh, and I know you're a Rush fan, so this you mm -hmm. you totally get this when you when you know what Rush did, it's the same fucking thing. So they were writing all this crazy, you know, hippie upside down Pink Floyd, King Crimson, yes, kind of like, oh, right. we're freakish and we, singer has a weird voice and blah, blah, you know, and all this crazy notes everywhere and blah, 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 blah. But it's, you know, stoner hippie, you know, from the Shire, kind of J.R. Tolkien, mm -hmm. Zeppelin on speed, whatever. And the label is going, you guys uh, kind of need to write something that someone can like tap their foot to or something. Right. <laughs> and they were like, uh, well, okay. Here's 2112. <laughs> yeah. When I, yeah. That was a, uh, that was a fuck you. Yeah. So they give yeah. 2112, but then yeah. they, it, it broke. Thank God. Because that was yeah. like the, uh, you know, the uh, justice for all, you know, they fuck oh. you. And that, you know, one song with eight, eight or nine riffs in it. And there's like songs like nine minutes long and blah, 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 blah. Right. That was their 2112. So the next record yeah. or whatever, they start to straddle the line and they figured it out. Moving pictures yeah. is Rush's black album. They finally yeah. figured it out. They were really able yeah. to straddle the line and give it to mm -hmm. mass audience without really losing any scope Mm -hmm. uh you would you're agreeing with this for metallica yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. yeah i'm glad that you brought up 72 seasons um i heard the second single can't remember something about anger anger had a face uh, anger if darkness had a son or darkness something. had a son thank you <laughs> if anger had a face <laughs> I kind of like your title better. Thanks, man. If I might anger, use that. Sure. If anger had a face. <laughs> well, that's obvious. <laughs> that's great, like. man. So that'll be on so, the next album. So this yeah, is cool exactly. because because you're a banjo person. Uh, I have this friend, Danny Barnes. You ever heard of Danny Barnes? God, I kind of want to say that I have. Rules. He is a banjo master. Uh, he's on YouTube and shit. He's everywhere, but he's from around here. He lives in Seattle. He's been okay. in Seattle forever. Uh, he played actually in the Dave Matthews band for a little while, but he's kind of oh, okay. his own. He's his own guy. Uh, I know, and you know the musicianship standard of people who play, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he can hang. Um, oh, yeah. when, when, when Luxy Turner came out, he goofed on it. He did a, uh, just him and his overall sitting in his office. He it's on YouTube. He did Lux Luxy Turner. It's pretty badass. And uh, you, should, you should go check it out. Danny Barnes doing Luxy Turner. 
Danny Barnes had a had a band at one time called the Bad Livers, and it was a it was basically a bluegrass band. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. seen that band. I've seen the name. Yeah. Okay, and they did, yeah, that's they, and they used to do like metal covers. I, I've I've yeah. seen them do Metallica, Motorhead, Slayer. They used to do Die by mm-hmm. the Sword, and they would mm-hmm. just hillbilly the heck out of it, you know. And so yeah, it's yeah. banjo and Die by the Sword, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, you if, if you're bass. not familiar, you might yeah stand up bass, uh, uh-huh. banjo, fiddle player, uh, yeah you would probably appreciate that if you're into bluegrass because uh, those guys were really good players. I think you did misfits yeah. and shit too. Yeah, yeah, misfits. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the thing uh, is, is old misfits is kind of like rockabilly anyway. It is. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that feel yeah. is there. So, Jack, where are we on new music for Exodus? Um, we're not really sure because we're um, we were talking about maybe doing it at the end of the year, but I think we're going to actually do some more touring. Mm. So, um, but it's definitely on our lips. Um, we just don't know exactly exactly when when we're going to do it. I, I would I would say next year we'll we'll, we'll do one because I, I think we're touring into December this year. And, um, and then I think, I think we'll do it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, I know the, the last album set the bar pretty high, but, uh, I, I, I have confidence that you guys will match it or supersede it. So, uh, Gary says, Gary says the next one's going to be better. So, wow. Wow. Well, I'm not going to question Gary Holt. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I've, I've learned, I've learned to not. Yeah. Yeah, I like the part about, you know, you talked about how you felt like you were sort of, I, I don't remember the words you used, getting in the way in between Gary and Tom's writing sessions. And it that sometimes, that says a lot about you, and, and it also says a lot about uh, other people that you may have known, you know, insisting that, well, I got to be there because I want I want y'all to use some of my shit. And obviously you're not that guy. And uh, my mm-hmm. hat's off to that because it takes yeah. a lot to know when it's like, I, these fucking guys don't need me. I'm going to wait until these guys are juicy. They're figuring yeah, it like, out. I mean, and, like I wanted to be there to be there and Hey guys, I'm here. And, uh, and I'm like, you guys fucking do this. I'm not, Call me when you're done. Right. You know, well, it so. takes takes some. It would take others, some people, a lot of uh, uh, pride crush to uh-huh. you know bail. You know, yeah. well, these fucking guys don't need me. So that's cool. Um, ha- ha- during the the Slayer years for Gary, we're all with Steve started zetro started a podcast and you were yeah. in nashville probably mm-hmm. plenty busy is that about right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean we even i mean we toured as exodus you know that that whole time yeah. we just had craig and playing guitar for us and yeah. uh i mean we were having great 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 shows you know i even, saw even without without gary so. i saw uh I saw Exodus and Slayer together. Gary opened for himself. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that here in yeah. Austin. It was yeah. a while it was a while ago now. Yeah. But uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. We did we did I think we did two or that. three tours with, with Slayer. Yeah. 
and uh was, uh, and then was I, think got, I think they got yeah, suicidal. Was it, was it suicidal yeah right I, was, with, I, uh, I saw that show with rob right. zombie gary opened so, himself yeah uh, yeah well it was and, uh and then was, I, I, was, I think slayer finally went yeah that you know like i think finally they didn't like him coming on stage already you know having ha- already had played you know what i mean and oh, yeah. uh you know, they're like, "Hey, we're Slayer. I want, I want 100 percent out of you," which it makes sense to me. You know, sure. they were great. I mean, Slayer was great to us. It did boosted our profile a lot having oh, yeah. Gary, you know, in, in the band. And none of us, none of us cared. Like none of us were upset that Gary was doing it. Not. Like it, it only brought, it only brought a lot more attention to our band, and it gave Gary something that he deserved anyway. You know, which was oh yeah. Well, like and truckloads of truckloads of guitars and amps and yeah. you know adula- mindless adulation and yeah fire and you know shit like that. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You're you're gleaming a little bit when you talk about it, and that's that's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, that is. I yeah. Can, it was know. awesome watching Gary. You know, it was, it was killer watching Gary and Slayer. I mean, it was killer seeing your, seeing your bro like live out yeah. partial fantasy. Yeah. Yet he's he's yeah, on stage with his buddies that he's known his whole yeah. life. So yeah, that's totally. pretty rad. You know, totally. I would imagine it's probably a question for Gary, but I would imagine that there was no, I mean, when Jeff passed, there was no audition process. It's like, well, I guess we just call Gary. Well, Gary was already in the band before he right. died, you know, right, like, right, and, right. and that was Jeff, like Jeff said, get Gary. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. I guess I didn't hear that part of the story. Yeah, there was no, they just called Gary and said, yeah, they were like, you're the only one that can do this. So come down and do it. And, and, uh, the first time I saw Gary and it was at the, the big four at Indio and that Jeff came out and played that day. He came out and did angel of death. And uh, I saw his arm. It was all like fucked up. Wow. Like it, it had healed, but there was all this tissue, you know, missing and stuff like that. And, uh, and he came out and played. And, uh, so I thought like he was going to come back, you know what I mean? Like I thought Gary was going to do this for a little while that Jeff would come back. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of a surprise when he, when he didn't, you know, maybe that's but, uh, why my, I, I was confused a little bit, but yeah. I, I didn't, I, yeah. Jeff even it just makes total sense. Jeff go, well, there's yeah. only one guy you need to get and he's standing. Yeah. He's, you already have his number. So yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, totally. yeah, that's no greater blessing than, than Jeff. Man, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Jack, uh, yeah. you, you, yeah, exactly. you've uh, gone above and beyond today, hanging out with us yeah. and, and yeah, telling us some stories and, and kind of where, where you, some kind of starting point and uh, where you are now. And, and uh man it's just uh by by weird uh shadows and light uh getting to bump into you and yeah be on stage with you uh was yeah, just in these in a very short time and having you on the show today it's really been a gas i, I appreciate yeah. you so very yeah, much yeah me too man me too yeah me too yeah. hopefully we can get on stage again sometime it'd be fun I, I would love to yeah yeah, yeah. Jack, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it getting to know you. Uh, thanks for sharing so much about yourself with us and our listeners. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with our special guest today, Jack Gibson of Exodus on the Talk Louder podcast.